When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPNU, listen to us on all the great ESPN stations across the country, including (laughs) 92.9. In Memphis, shout out to them at 92.9 ESPN. Hey, just quote, M-Town, let's go. Just quote tweeted the uh, big picture from yesterday's Halloween with the three of us yes. where we were Prince, you were... Cruella DeVille. And I was me as an 80s guy. Yeah. Slash is the biggest thing that I'm slash getting. Slash is pretty yeah, good. Yeah. You, you yeah. did have Slash resemblance. I didn't intend to be Slash from Guns N' <laughs> But It's it was weird like- when you dress up for Halloween and other people tell you what you are and you didn't realize you what know, you are. You know the most yeah. random thing, though? 80s guys seem to be a theme across people dressing up on other shows on different platforms. Really? really? Yes. I didn't there know There were other, like Pat McAfee's show had 80s guy nice. in the control room. And I was just like, how, how was I unaware that 80s guy was going to be a big deal? So Evans and Trent This Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. It's, but you're, you're like. 80, 80s guy 80s is guy. a big it guy. Was like, you were like if Slash and what's his name, Richard Simmons, yeah. had a crossover. There we go. Because you had the kind of the jazzercise windbreaker and, yeah. you know, the yeah. sweatband, but then you had the Slash hair going on. I did not. And there we, we show, Jerry puts it up on ESPNU there. I did not <laughs> uh, wear that out last night because it was too light and it was cold in yeah. the New York area last yeah. night. Yeah, so I just wore regular street clothes last night. And then I had people coming up to me and like, oh, what, what happened? happened I, you, we saw your costume on tv it was great and i'm like oh now now i'm guilty it's just the fact that i didn't wear the costume so it becomes a thing uh raiders were in costume i guess for the first eight games of the season they had a coach and a gm they didn't really want this in the middle of the night they fired josh mcdaniels and dave ziegler head coach and general manager and now they look for a head coach while they employ CC's former teammate with the Giants, Antonio Pierce, as their head coach on an interim basis. They are the first team in season to make a move. I don't think that anyone is surprised that they fired Josh McDaniels. I think, CC, we are surprised they did it on the Tuesday of the trade deadline, after the trade deadline, after a Monday night loss, on a short work week. Yeah. Because normally you would see a Thursday night into Friday where you don't have a game on Sunday. Raiders basically, it almost feels like Mark Davis had dinner last night. He had dinner with a confidant, and that confidant said, boy, you guys are going nowhere. And he realized, you know what, we are going nowhere. He looked himself in the mirror and said, that is really my haircut, huh? And he decided, I've had enough of these guys, I want them out. Yeah, it feels like an impetuous move. He was embarrassed on Monday Night Football. He's been embarrassed about the product on the field, especially on the offensive side of the ball for his team. And he's embarrassed that his best player, Devontae Adams, is on the sideline, openly showing the frustration. The optics around the franchise have not been good. And there aren't any good feels since they've hired Josh McDaniels. But when you have somebody that's an offensive mind and your offense has the third worst 
scoring offense in the National Football League, that's a problem. The Raiders this season have scored 21 or fewer points in every single game, rushed in fewer than 100 yards in every single game, and recorded at least one turnover in every single game. Yikes. At some point, something has to change, and that's what Devontae Adams was giving voice to a couple of weeks ago when he said his standard is not just based on wins and losses. He was reading through the record and seeing what was going on behind the scenes and recognized this is not what functional franchises do in order to have sustained success. I would like to believe that Devontae Adams understands a little bit about program building, spending all those years in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and seeing how much success, how many wins that they were able to uh, able to stack. It has to be about the process. He's more process-oriented than results-oriented, and I think that's what he was alluding to in his commentary. And so all of a sudden now that the Raiders have made this move, I think it provides a little more context, a little more color to what Devontae Adams has been saying for the better part of the last calendar year. Yeah, he was trying to tell us what was going on. He's played with a great quarterback. He's been in a successful organization. He knows what success looks and feels like, and he was intimating that what's happening in Vegas is not it. But Josh McDaniels also knows what success looks and feels like. He's been a part of one of the great dynasties in the NFL. And I will never understand how you could be a part of that so intimately and be such an important cog in that machine and not be able to transfer that anywhere else that you go. Because he hasn't been able to do it as a head coach. He hasn't done it as an offensive coordinator anywhere outside of New England. And you would just think that And I understand why people want to hire him because you would think that you would be able to take what happened in New England and at least be able to have some sort of modicum of success elsewhere. But here's the other thing, Smalls. We can't praise Bill Belichick as a football genius and being a part of the National Football League across five decades and not think that he's involved in every aspect of the game plan. So if you have access to that type of genius – How much credit do you actually deserve in terms of what you project to be once you get your own head coaching job? I mean, we've seen it with several Bill Belichick assistants. Those guys struggle when they get out on their own to have sustained success. They usually do well in year one, and as Ev says, they regress from that point forward. So I I don't know that proximity to genius equates to you being a genius, even if – You've seen what the process should look like. So from a player standpoint, I think it's a very different thing in terms of the environment and the feel of what successful franchises are versus a head coach establishing that type of culture on his own if he's been around somebody like Bill Belichick. Well, just to answer your question, I think I can tell you why, at least in my opinion, why you would say, based on the way you said it, if you're that close to genius, why doesn't it work? anywhere else relative to that lens, right? Well, you just think on a coaching tree, usually this is what happens, right? You're you're around somebody that establishes a culture and a way of winning, and then you take it and you apply it in your next stop. So the the way I would answer that is every single position is worse. The head coach is worse. You're not Belichick. You're Josh McDaniels. The offensive coordinator is worse. The offensive coordinator is not Josh McDaniels. So every position – Brady's not there. The quarterback is worse. Every position is actually worse – that when you try to take that system and just say, let's do it exactly that way, you are downgrading in every single position. That's why there needs to be the evolution of the system. And this is where there needs there's a fascinating debate on this. What is Belichick's job as a head coach? Or what is Bill Walsh's job back in the day as a head coach? Or Kyle Shanahan's job now? Or Andy Reid's job? Is it to produce the best team? And get the most out of your coaches? Or is it to get your coaches ready for their next job? Because I don't know. Is it Andy Reid's job previously to get Eric Bieniemy ready to be a head coach? Or get Eric Bieniemy ready to coach Patrick Mahomes in the best way he can? 
It's the latter. But but here's the thing I'll push back on. I don't, I don't think it's about the evolution of a system. I think it's about being a good coach. You always think players first, then plays. I'm a culture over system guy 10 times out of 10 because you don't know the players that you're going to inherit can fit into the whatever system right. that you've had success in. But really good coaches – are scheme diverse. They can figure out, okay, I have this level of talent on this team. I can find the X's and O's to fit what these guys do well to accentuate their strengths, mask their weaknesses, and take advantage of the deficiencies of any opponent from week to week. I think that has to be your mentality if you're going to have success in the National Football League because everybody's too damn good at what they do. It can't be about adhering to a system and thinking that that is going to be what wins the day for you. It has to be about being able to adjust to players, being able to adjust to personalities, and being able to find a way to build a bridge with those guys that allows the team to have success. It's obvious that the players in the locker room don't trust Josh McDaniels. It's obvious that Devontae Adams don't trust Josh McDaniels. How do I know that? Because he was saying the same thing last year. He said something has to change after they decided they were going to bench Derek Carr. Devontae Adams was clearly frustrated at the end of 2022, and nothing happened from then till now to change how he feels. If anything, it's gotten worse. And how do I know that? The product on the field has gotten worse. So I felt like Mark Davis came to the, the the ultimate conclusion that was going to happen at the end of the season, even though the way that he got to it isn't necessarily something that he's going to be applauded for. He's going to have to cash Josh McDaniels out. He's going to pay him the next four years on his contract. He's going to have to cash Dave Ziegler out. But when you make bad decisions, i.e. the McDaniels hire a couple of years ago, you have to pay for that. And that's what Mark Davis is going to have to do in the way of resources that he's throwing, not only at his current head coach and general manager that he just fired, but the new head coach and general manager that he's going to have to hire. So two things off of what you said. The irony of the play for the players or coach for the players, not just the system, is Belichick and McDaniels together with Brady as the quarterback were amoeba for the entire time they were there. Their their system was, who are we playing next? How do we beat them? Oh, we got to go three wide? Let's do that. Oh, oh we got to go bunch and play multiple tight end? Let's do that. That's the irony, and then I guess it's tough to then translate that as without Belichick to do that on your own. The other thing that, that – yeah. that, Josh know, McDaniels doesn't have as many answers as Bill Belichick because he hasn't seen as much football as Bill Belichick. Right. A- absolutely right. The other ironic part about what you just said is you've got to cash out McDaniels and Ziegler. So that means next year they're probably playing three head coaches and three general managers. Yeah, because I John assume Gruden's, they're still paying Gruden and Mayo. Well, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with the Gruden situation. There's a lawsuit involved. Right. He might have been fired for cause. I, I don't know what's going on with that. But they're going to be paying at least you know, two general managers and two head coaches, which is an expensive proposition for a franchise that's not flush with cash. Exactly. That's the other thing I was going to mention. Now, how do you look at this? Like a lot of times we see with coaches, managers in baseball, whatever it is, you switch off. Like, oh, you hire a player's coach, then you hire the disciplinarian. And you kind of, we're going to, we made somebody smile, now we're going to make somebody frown. Josh McDaniels was the guy that probably would make them frown a little bit and mm-hmm. not as happy coming to work. The do, the do your job. Yeah, the do your job mentality. Do they have to flip it? Do they have to hire somebody that's going to be fun now for them and kind of lift people up in a way that maybe they thought McDaniels did not? Perhaps. They just got to get it right. You know, they've got to stop this coaching churn. Mark Davis has got to get it right. He needs to take whatever he did with the Las Vegas Aces that allowed them to have so much success and apply it to the Las Vegas Raiders. And it would be great if he could bring in somebody that would have that flash and that personality and that would make it fun, especially in a market like Las Vegas. Who are you saying? Well, we were talking about it in the break, and it did get all three of us excited. 
What about Deion Sanders to the Raiders? Can you imagine Coach Prime with the Raiders? Yes, I actually could. Fun. We're talking about fun. How fun would Al Davis still owns the team? Yeah, that's a Al Davis hire all day, every day. He made Colorado the most relevant, a one win Colorado team, the most relevant program in college football. You don't think that he would make the Raiders just as relevant in the NFL? And I don't know if it would translate to success, but boy, would it be fun. Okay, let's use the CC model of what he said they had to do. They had to hire somebody who was not a first time coach. Check. Now, he's a first-time coach in the NFL, but check. Mm -hmm. They had to hire somebody who had the ability to then go out there and hire a general manager to work for him. (laughs) Check. They had to hire someone that was going to understand the players and bring the most out of the players. Can we get two checks for that? Because he definitely can do that. Is Chris Canty backing the Michelle Smallman endorsement of Deion Sanders Head coach of the Vegas Raiders. I want to see it just because of what it would mean for our show and our job, <laughs> our industry in general. How spicy would that be? Not so what I, mean, I asked, I mean, think CC. about this. The, so inter- the entertainment capital of the world, and there would be no bigger show no. than the Las Vegas Raiders with Deion Sanders as the head coach. Now, that being said, I don't think that's the direction that they, they're going to go in. I don't think that's the direction that they should go in. I, again, I, I'm all about proof of concept and having somebody that's done the job before just because the franchise has been so dysfunctional. They, they need to hire somebody and get the hell out of the way, somebody that they know can actually do the job. And to me, that's where we keep coming back to Jim Harbaugh. There's only a short list of coaches that I think deserve to have carte blanche over the franchise just because they're that damn good at being able to get the best out of their players. And so if you can make a run at one of those individuals, to me, that's the direction that you're going. Now, I don't know if that means you're trading for a head coach or you're hiring somebody out of the college ranks. But again, one of the handful of coaches – that we we know can do the job, that we believe can handle the responsibilities of not only coaching the team, but also buying the groceries because they have personnel control, that's the way they should go. But wouldn't that be – I mean, if you're Mark Davis, though, and Deion Sanders is part of the conversation, that's an intoxicating thought. I'm sure he's going to be. I'm sure somebody will bring him up. And if not, we just did. Players love him. Can you imagine how many players would want to come to Vegas and play for Coach Prime? Imagine the coaching staff he could assemble. You're going to be in the headlines every single week, no matter what. We're going to be talking about Coach Prime. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Dr. Pepper, call it line. Are you in on the Coach Prime to Vegas idea? (laughs) One of those candidates, potentially, for the Vegas Raiders, could be in some more trouble in college. We will get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Evan Canty and Michelle are unsportsmanlike. Sign stealing happens every game. There's nothing wrong with teams over there looking over trying to steal our signs. There's nothing wrong with us trying to look at their signs. Everyone's trying to get an edge. You could have someone's whole game plan. They can mail it to you. You still got to stop it. I think the idea that this is against the rules is ludicrous. The difference between just watching them with the naked eye and videotaping them strikes me as ridiculous. That said, obviously, the world doesn't. It ultimately comes back to Harbaugh's doorstep. The buck stops here. It's your program. You're responsible. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Time now for a hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets experienced live. Of course, all those great events with Vivid Seats. Hot ticket. Hot ticket tonight in Arizona. Game number five of the World Series. Texas trying to close it out. I'm sure the Rangers fans, maybe our very own Chris Carlin, Carlin versus Joe, noon until 3 Eastern, getting on that plane, flying to Arizona to potentially see their team close it out this evening. Of course, all of that coverage on ESPN Radio. Hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. So there's an interesting turn here in this Jim Harbaugh. Um, sign-stealing investigation. Mm -hmm. There were all kinds of viral pictures yesterday of potentially the guy that was like the culprit of the sign-stealing on the Central Michigan sidelines, CC, and dressed up as a Central Michigan coach. I can't tell if this is AI, if this is real. What is going on with with Central Michigan? (laughs) What is happening here? I I don't know. Connor Stallions. But I'm I'm just going to go out here on a limb and say I don't think Michigan needed Connor Stallions to seal signs to beat Central Michigan. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't think that that's necessary. But here's the thing. We, We all know that teams are out there trying to get a competitive edge. We've talked about this before. Like, you're in a stadium with 80,000 people there are there are a lot of people that have access to being able to record signs either with their camera phone or whatever they've got with them on their personal electronic devices so I, I don't think that this is so egregious to the point where we've got to have this huge NCAA investigation and you know make a big deal of a potential rules violation when we know that everybody is trying to operate in the gray it just so happens that Michigan has more resources than pretty much anybody in college football, and they went to such lengths with such an elaborate scheme. But again, I, I don't think that this is something that other people in the college football landscape aren't doing. So I guess that's the part that feels like a little bit of a witch hunt when it comes to Jim Harbaugh because he had the NCAA investigation with the recruiting violations and decided he wasn't going to take the penalty they tried to impose and rather doing a school-imposed penalty of lesser games. I feel like this is a way of the NCAA doing the circle back to put pressure on Jim Harbaugh to suspend him for more games and and exact more disciplinary action toward him. Uh, The only caveat I would say, is if the Nicole Auerbach report from The Athletic yesterday, where she had, the, and the picture we just put on the ESPNU side, if they dressed one of their assistants up as a Central Michigan assistant and put him on the sideline, he's the guy on the TV side that, for me, it looks like Clay Thompson a little bit. He's wearing the, the maroon Central Michigan hat. The irony of all ironies is he's on Jim McElwain's staff in this picture. Jim McElwain was also famous for a picture where everybody thought he was hugging a whale. Do you remember this <laughs> yeah. years ago as a yeah. Florida coach? Uh, yeah. And it was a mistaken identity. It was a shark. Yeah. It was a shark, excuse yeah. me. And it was actually the guy who owned Jimmy, Jimmy John's, John's yeah. who actually was doing it. Yeah. Anyway, but, so if they dressed a coach up as another coach, that's even that for me egregious. as a Patriots fan, that feels like but, too much. But, here, but here, I guess my whole point is this, though. Why is he on the sideline? Correct. What, how, how is he on the sideline? How did he get there, you mean? How, but that's my point. Yeah. Like, but with, with all of the security, how is he allowed to be on the sideline? That, that's an institutional control problem. 
not only for Central Michigan, but in terms of the conference and the NCAA as a whole, there has to be tighter security. Why is this individual allowed to be on the sideline? How did he get a pass to be on the sideline? How was he not screened when you're walking out on the field? Like when you go into these stadiums, these, these arenas, you have to have actual passes if you're a coach or if you're a media member or you know, only people that don't have those passes are the players. And those guys are obvious because they stand out. There's no world in which an individual like that should be on the sideline. So if your process, if your security is not as such where you don't screen out these individuals, then that's a you problem. I don't know how much I'm putting that on Michigan. You're right, and they have to cross-check IDs, and you have to really go through a rigorous process to even be able to get the passes on the sidelines, as we know. But that's not what the NCAA is thinking. That's not what people who are not fans of Michigan or Jim Harbaugh are thinking. They're thinking, why would they go to such lengths to disguise a member of their staff and get on the field to scout the opposition? And if they did it versus Central Michigan— what what else can we uncover? It just feels like this is percolating, and it's not going to get any better anytime soon. Remember, this was a Central Michigan Michigan State game. Yes, so they were they were scouting everybody in in that, and it's just that that's where maybe possibly they crossed the line that we can't just say oh, everybody's doing because I. Don't, but you're right. How do you let some random dude on the field with your team? That doesn't make what Michigan did if they did this. If this is all true, correct? It's just another layer to the story that CC has brought up here. Eric in South Carolina, listening on Sirius XM 80, joins us to talk about the Raiders firing their head coach, Josh McDaniels. Hey, good morning, guys. Love this show. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Listen, I am uh, as salacious as it sounds, prime to be a a Raiders coach, and I'm a lifelong black hole Raiders nation person. I don't know if that's the right move. It would be great to your point of, of making them relevant every week. But it, it just makes me think, man, that, you know, I, one, I think we need to fix the, the quarterback problem. Um, you know, you think of a guy like the enemy who, who moved to Washington and the sandbox just wasn't the same when you didn't have all the same toys. So thinking about who they bring in next is somebody that I think is going to have to address being able to, again, get the personnel in, get the right folks in. Harbaugh might be a good choice, but I would love to see somebody that, you know, essentially is, you know, coming from maybe the Steelers organization or someone like that, that, that is just proven and, and been a, a long time, you know, someone that has made a system a great system and not just necessarily wiping the slate clean. But Eric, isn't that what they thought they were getting in Josh McDaniels <laughs> coming from an organization that was stable and that had had a ton of success in the Patriots with Josh McDaniels? Yeah, um, and I don't know that anybody with the Steelers jumps out right now. I can tell you that the Steelers— Terrell Austin has been somebody that's interviewed for head coaching jobs there. Defense with the Lions, when he was with the Lions? Yeah, 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 yeah. Terrell Austin, yeah. Uh, I could promise you the Steelers fans would love for Matt Canada to be the Raiders Oh, dear God in heaven. They're calling yeah, for his head every, I don't think, every week. I don't think anybody's checking uh, the back. Ron Canada. in North Carolina listening on 99.9 in Raleigh. What's up, Ron? Man, how y'all doing today, man? What's up, Ron? Um, I think um, I think the Raiders, man, need to um, sit back, um, go holler at Tony Dungy at NBC like a special guru advisor, like to get the franchise in the right direction. And as far as coaching-wise, I think they might need to go check out Leak and Riley, man. Um, he has a um, good um, background with quarterbacks. 
The Lincoln-Riley one jumps out at me, honestly, more than Dungy does. Like, if you think about the Davis family hiring the USC coach, we've seen that before, right, with Lane yeah. Kiffin. Yeah, and don't you think that they won't want to go Yeah, but Lincoln-Riley's a, Lincoln a different oh, coach no than Lane question. Kiffin. Yeah. And, and Lane Kiffin was an assistant at that time. It's yeah. funny, if you remember, this is just a, conceptually, it's so crazy to think. The Raiders had their two finalists for a head coaching position as two USC assistant coaches. Steve Sarkeesian, they wanted to coach a team, and Lane Kiffin. They weren't even head coaches in college. Yeah. That's nuts to think. Yeah. Lincoln Riley. Now, here's another interesting so, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury got fired at Texas Tech, took the OC job at USC, and then hired as the Arizona Cardinals head coach. That is bizarre. But here's the thing. The, the Lincoln Riley of it all. That's good. Inter- interesting. I don't mind Tony Dungy being consulted on the coaching search, but the Lincoln Riley of it all is interesting because we're all speculating that Kyler Murray could be available for trade after this season depending on where the Arizona Cardinals draft yeah. and potentially getting a younger, cheaper option in, in, as far as quarterback goes. What about hiring Lincoln Riley and asking him to come and coach Kyler? What about the idea of – Going after Kyler. I'm just I'm – just, so I'm just floating out the possibility. I don't think I'm winning it. in that scenario. I'm just not a believer in Kyler Murray, but that that is probably a better, more exciting scenario than they currently have today, obviously, which is not saying I don't much. Even, yeah, I'm about to right. say that's but a low bar I, to clear. Here's what I wonder. I wonder if whoever ends up with Caleb Williams, if they have a head coaching opening, if they're like, well, they were together at Oklahoma, together at USC, let's keep it going. The Bears. I do wonder. The Bears? The Bears hiring Lincoln Riley doesn't seem too crazy. That seems more logical to me than than another team hiring Lincoln Riley. All right, coming up, we will go head-to-head next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Evan, Canty, and Michelle are unsportsmanlike. It's showdown time. This is Head to Head. Unsportsmanlike presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com for more information. Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Smalls has a bunch of NFL games this weekend. Teams going head-to-head. 
and she will ask us about these games and what it means if the underdog actually pulls off the upset. Smalls, what do you have? All right, let's go head-to-head, boys. Miami plus 2.5 versus Kansas City. Reminder, this game is in Germany. What would a Dolphins win tell you about this Miami team? I'll kick us off on this one because it goes right to CeCe. So my answer feeds right in. Okay. It tells me that CeCe will put the Dolphins in his top five power rankings next week (laughs) and will no longer use the Dolphins' college football argument of strength of schedule. College football playoff rankings come out yesterday. Ohio State's number one. Why? Two reasons. They haven't lost, and their strength of schedule with wins against Penn State and Notre Dame, really important. Executive Director Bill Hancock is going to join us in the 9 a.m. Eastern hour. Dolphins don't have a good win. That would be it. I agree with what everything Seven is saying. You you have to be able to win big games against quality opponents. This year, they, they've lost the big games that they played in to the Eagles. They lost the big game that they played in to, with the Bills. Last year in primetime games, they were over in the games that Tua started. They lost to the Cincinnati Bengals in primetime, lost to the L.A. Chargers in primetime, lost to the Buffalo Bills in primetime. At some point, you have to win a big standalone game against a quality opponent. This would give you an opportunity to do that. The other thing that I would say that it does is it gives more ammunition or more evidence that Tua can be a championship-level quarterback in the AFC by getting a head-to-head win against a guy that you're going to have to go through for the foreseeable future in Pat Mahomes. Remember, the Dolphins did exercise his fifth-year option, but they didn't give him a contract extension this past offseason because they wanted to see if he could make it through a season fully healthy, yes, but also – Can he, with a really good team, compete and win in big games against other really good signal callers in the AFC? This is an opportunity for that for Tua. I know we're talking about the underdog here, but a Dolphins win would tell me more about the Chiefs than it would the Dolphins. Ooh, I like it. Let's pivot to Seattle. Plus five and a half versus the Ravens. What would a Seahawks win tell you about them? Uh, I would say that the Seahawks have the potential to win the division. Like, that's the one thing that I said coming into this year that was going to be a big surprise. One of my five bold predictions was Seattle, not San Francisco, was actually going to win the NFC West. I love the trade for Leonard Williams. I know a lot of people think that Seattle gave up too much, but that guy can be a disruptor on the interior. He's not as good as what Calais Campbell once was or a DeForest Buckner or Eric Armstead, but it's going in that direction. And being able to have an interior presence that can rush the passer to complement what you're getting from Boye Mafe and Daryl Terrell off the edge and then the back seven of that defense – I think it's very reminiscent of the Legion of Boom a decade ago. So I love the move for Seattle. If they're able to get this win against the Baltimore Ravens, that'd be damn impressive. Yeah, I'm sorry. My answer is now going to be triggered off of something you said. These people that are saying that the Seahawks gave up too much for Leonard Williams. The Seahawks are better at drafting than almost any team in the NFL. They've done this with the same organization with John Schneider for a decade plus. The Seahawks are better at identifying great defensive players than almost anyone else in the NFL. They're in first place in their division. They are not overpaying a quarterback. They see an opening. How in the world did they give up too much? In, in what? Guess what? I'll take two draft picks away from Seattle, and they'll have however many left, and they'll be better at those, and you will be with two more, whatever that organization is. Plus, my rule of thumb on, on trading away draft picks for anybody is always this. Do you have somebody that can get them back? So my weird example, I thought trading five draft picks for Carl Anthony, I'm sorry, Rudy Gobert is ridiculous. But they have two people who can get those back if they ever needed them back in Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. Same thing with Seattle. Seattle has tons of young defensive players. If they felt like, hey, we have fallen on our face, we're a disaster, I promise you they can get those two picks back. Promise you. Sorry. Go ahead. 
All right. Bothers Cow- me. Cowboys plus three versus the Eagle Eagles. What would a Cowboys win tell you about them? That would be enormous. Absolutely enormous. Because one of the things we've been saying about Dallas, like the Dolphins, they need that statement win. You go up and beat the Eagles, who are the best team in the NFL record-wise. You come off the bye. You play the way you played last week. They have blowout victories earlier in the season against some of the bad teams in the league, like the Giants, as well as the Patriots. I think that would be an enormous statement win for the Cowboys. And I think many people would start to say, you know what? Maybe I could see them in a big game in the playoffs winning. It would give me confidence that they could go on a deep playoff run, even if they have to be on the road and do it as a wild card. I guess that's the biggest thing, because I still look at Philadelphia as the class of the NFC East. Mm-hmm. But if you can go into that building, into the link, knowing how the Philly sports fans are going to be fired up for that game and come out with a win, to me, that 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 would be arguably – the biggest win that Mike McCarthy has had since he's been the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I would believe that this Cowboys team, based on the matchup, can get through the wild card round, can get through the divisional round, even if those games are on the road. So that's what a win in Philadelphia would tell me about this Cowboys team. You would feel like they're a contender. Absolutely. And up, Absolutely. In, up until this point, I think we kind of thought maybe it might be a little bit of fool's gold. Depending, no doubt. Especially looking at the measuring stick game with San Francisco. All right, last one. Bills plus two and a half versus the Bengals. What would a Bills win tell you about yeah, them? See, this is the interesting thing here. It would tell me something. But see, I want to go to CC first on this. Because based on your kind of hot and cold nature around the Bengals, like, hey, I still need to see more. The Bills beating the Bengals wouldn't tell you anything, right? Like, that's no, not that's a, not true. That's not true. No? What, what, the Bills beating the Bengals would tell me that the attrition on the defensive side of the ball for Buffalo is not going to be an impediment to them competing for a championship. Like, we, we talked about the losses that they've had all three levels, right? Daquan Jones, really good defensive tackle. Matt Milano, all-pro inside linebacker. Trey White, Pro Bowl corner. A win against the Bengals tells me that your defense can hold up against arguably the best quarterback-receiver combination in the National Football League, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. If you beat Cincinnati, that means you held those two people in check and your defense did a hell of a job and Sean McDermott put together a hell of a game plan. That's what a win would tell me, that the defense is not going to get in the way of Josh Allen competing at the highest level of the sport when it matters most. I think also something needs to be pointed out about the Bills here. They made two moves yesterday. One, they traded for Rasul Douglas, corner from Green Bay, to replace Trey White. The other one may be almost more impactful if they're good. They signed Leonard Fournette to their practice squad. Mm -hmm. And Leonard Fournette has some wear and tear on the body, obviously. But if potentially, hypothetically, you get him kind of ramped up and you get him ready, playoff Lenny shows up. We've been saying that they need a running back, right? We've talked about the idea, or an additional running back, I should say. I, I brought up Derrick Henry. We we used them with the Cowboys and the Ravens as be physical, be big, lean into the cold weather. Leonard Fournette, I kind of like that move. If you could play, this, this is the kind of game that the Buffalo Bills would win, though, isn't it? This feels like the kind of game that, but then who, who's as next good week? as as what good as Cincinnati has shown the last couple of games, it feels like the kind of game that the Buffalo Bills would win. And then you've had extra time to prepare. You played on a Thursday night. It feels like a spot that the Buffalo Bills would come up with a big performance. I'm, I'm only giving you that if you then tell me that they'll lose next week to the Broncos. I'm on the yeah, next football. Lose you have to pair it with that. Absolutely possible. You have to pair but, it with but, that. They're absolutely po- it's absolutely on the then board. I'm good that with that. Isn't that their then profile, though? That, that they is blow the out the Miami Dolphins and then they you drop You have to pair it with that. <laughs> 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 it has to be part of that. Uh, Robert in Las Vegas, listening on 1100 AM in the city that fired their head coach and GM, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, in the middle of the night last night. What's up, Robert? Hey, good morning, fellas. Um, I'm just calling to give my two cents on it. Um, 
it was a little bit long overdue. I thought, you know, it was the wrong hire in the first place. But I'm just going to go out and throw a name out there I think should be out there. Uh, David Shaw, the old uh, Stanford head coach. He's got ties to the Bay Area. The Davis family, he used to be part of the Raiders organization back in the day. Uh, I think he'd be a leader of men. I want a coach in there. I'm, I'm ready for someone to coach. No more coordinators. Let, let him be the coach. Hire yourself a D.C. and O.C., and uh, and go from there and build it from there and uh, get a strong foundation. Uh, I listen. I like that idea. I've always been a David Shaw guy. He's the kind of guy that you would hire to be the president of a, of your organization. And I'm not even talking about football. Yeah, or, I'm talking about any business. Yeah, I mean a consultant, something like that. I, I don't know that he's the guy that I want relating to this generation of athlete in the NFL ranks. That's the only question I would have. Is is from a personality standpoint, is he going to have a message that resonates with the guys in the locker room? I don't know that. He right. spent years, 98 to 2000 with the Raiders as the quality control quarterbacks coach uh, with the Raiders after that. So he's got the ties to the organization there if we're going to look that route. Uh, Joe in New Jersey watching on ESPN2. What's up, Joe? Hey, everyone. Good morning. morning. Um, I just wanted to kind of put my two cents in on the Raiders' uh, head coaching position. Um, the only name I can think of right now is Rex Ryan. Um, I know it hasn't been a secret that he wants to uh, ha- – that the right job came along to coach again. Um, I just – I think he would be a perfect fit. He's a defensive-minded coach, been to two AFC championships. I, I just think he's got, yeah. he's got the good. I, I have a feeling, and maybe I'm wrong, that the Raiders after this season, unless Antonio Pierce kills it as their head coach, are going to rid themselves of anything Josh McDaniels related – and Rex Ryan's twin brother, Rob, is on his staff. And I think that there is going to be the everybody gone on the coaching staff. I could see them getting rid of all of the Patriots-related players like Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Myers, to no fault of their – well, to e- fault. Even though Tom Brady's part ownership? Yes. Well, he's not there yet officially. But he's coming. So Tom Brady can – maybe Tom Brady's like, I don't want to sign the paperwork if you're going to fire him. After you fire him, because he's my guy, then I'll, I'll uh, sign the paperwork – I think they're going to wipe their hands clean of everything that Josh McDaniels touched after this season. Coming up, I'm for it. Positive programming with Smalls next. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. On a day after, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, head coach, general manager, Raiders get fired. All kinds of negative information around the NFL. We go positive. I'm for it. Positive programming with Smalls, where Smalls gives us stories that can make us smile. What do you have, Smalls? You know that we have to do some Halloween day after breakdowns and some of the best costumes that we saw in sports. Now, 
the costumes we're going to show you, I don't think anything's going to beat what we were able to do yesterday. Right. We came with our, our A game. A lot of people talking about Evan as 80s guy. Cece killed it as Prince. I was Corella DeVille. But let's look at some of our favorite people in sports. Micah Parsons. Let's start with him. He is uh, a big, intimidating guy. You don't want to be on the wrong side of Micah Parsons. And he dressed as a lion. You see him holding his son up there like the Lion King uh, entrance to the movie, but Micah Parsons said he was going to wear that out trick or treating with his kids. What do you think? We think of Micah Parsons as the lion. If I were ripped and jacked like Micah Parsons, I'd wear a onesie as well. He's wearing a onesie basically. Yeah. Although maybe if I was that ripped, I wouldn't own a shirt, and I would just go shirtless everywhere. You just wear the lion. Well, you got to have friend, family friendly attire for Halloween, oh, though, especially okay. if you're going. You know, you got the kid. If I was that ripped. I you're ho- you're holding your kid with you. You got to got to make it family friendly, right, Smalls? Yeah, you and have plus to. Plus, he went to Penn State, the Nittany Lions, so it just makes sense that he's wearing a lion costume, right? And, got it. And yeah. he is. A good lion. I'm he all has for, shades of lion. I'm all for the players dressing up, though, for Halloween and going to the stadium the weekend Did of Halloween. I didn't. Oh. I was all business, although looking back on it, I wish I had a little more fun with it. Like, to me, one of the best parts about NFL Sunday is to walk in and see what guys are wearing. Oh, yeah. But at Halloween, they take it to a whole nother level, which was pretty cool to watch. You know, grown men that play a very machismo game having fun and acting like little kids with their attire. What did I, I you, loved it. What did you wear? Were you suited, like wearing a suit every game? or? Yeah, so road games, we had a suit on. Home games, you could wear whatever you want. And would you wear a suit for home games as well? No, or? no, no. Team issue, sweatpants, that kind of thing. Got yeah. it. I want to be comfortable, yeah. Got it. Yeah, Absolutely. get the fashion in. All right, yeah. well, let's go to Victor Wembanyama in the NBA. Ooh. So he obviously has a very interesting frame being 7'4", and he went as Slenderman. Look at Wemby's costume here. He looks like he's an extra in a movie. I got to be honest. I don't know who Slender Man is. I had to Google it, too. There's a movie. Yeah, I know who Slender I Man is. It too. But last night, he was the Grim Reaper for the Phoenix Suns. I mean, because Kevin Durant was going at him early on in that game. But Wemby had the last laugh. I mean, that guy, I, I don't even know that numbers can fully quantify his impact on his team's overall success. But, I mean, the guy finds a way to turn it on when it matters the most in the games. And being able to get that that tip dunk at the end of it, and then his team being able to get a steal on Durant and finish it off with the go-ahead bucket. I mean, the guy impacts the game in so many different ways, not just on the offensive end of the court, but the defensive end of the court. I think the Spurs are going to be better than what people expect. Now, they'll run into more wins in the first half of the season than in the second half because we know the NBA season doesn't start until Christmas Day. But from what we've seen from Wemby, the early reviews are overwhelmingly positive. They were down 20 in this game to, to Phoenix. They were down 9 in the 4th, and he came back. They were back, down or, 10 sorry. in the last 5 minutes and 10 he, seconds. He wow. had 9 in the 4th. Yeah. The one thing about the Spurs that I wish I wish they had, I wish they had a veteran point guard to be with this group. I yeah. just wish they had... Mike Conley, Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, somebody like that that's been there, done that, that's not going to put them over the top to win a championship, but just that can always get these guys in the right spots. But they're winning games without them. I mean, they literally don't play with a point guard. No. I mean, seriously, everybody in their lineup is 6'6 or better. Yeah. And, and here's the crazy thing Wemby in the fourth quarter, seven minutes and 44 seconds played, plus 10 in that time played. Plus 10. Yeah, the guy has a knack for turning it on when the, when it, when the moment is the biggest. To me, that that that's revealing of your sports character. I'm all in with with Wemby on the and the and I think that there is a chance. Like LeBron James is the most mentally prepared player to ever enter the NBA, in my opinion. Like in terms of all the hype, like his his level of mental was so high coming in. Mm-hmm. 
I think there's a chance that maybe, possibly, Wemby is more prepared mentally than LeBron was. It doesn't really? mean he'd be a better player. Also, we left the door open. Hold on. Go ahead and close. Yeah. yeah. You, you think that he could be more mentally pre- – he does have a certain level of poise about him. The you moment just, doesn't feel too big. You hear him speak after oh. the game and, like, nothing he, – he went last night after the game, rightfully so, to, like, Kevin Durant is my, like, was my childhood idol. I wanted to be like him, but the, one of the great things in the NBA is that every night is going to present something like this. He just says and does all the right things. He's so ready for this moment. And after the draft, how he was like, yeah, it was a lot of uh, hoopla, a lot of excitement, but I need to get back in the gym. I want to get back to practice. I want to get back to working out. You're right. He does always say the right things. All right, last Halloween costume, guys. We're going to go to a kid who went viral. He dressed up as head coach Mike McDaniel of the Miami Dolphins. Now, he even did the video where he's jogging and then sprints past the television Uh, cameras like Mike McDaniel uh, did. He's got the full growl fit the gray sweatsuit the shades he's got the headset i think this kid wins halloween now mike mcdaniel was asked about this asked about this viral video where this kid dressed up as him and he could not believe that someone would want to be him for halloween here's what he said speaking of uh, adolescents wearing jerseys um, one of the hot costumes in halloween is you kids wearing I, i've seen a post on social media kids dressing up as mike mcdaniel um that does not compute that doesn't make any sense i have the video if you want to see it they uh, did your run at Mon- on sunday night football one kid did the run and then a fan last night was it faster than the so kid i'm just curious <laughs> what what as you see it goes into dressing up like mike mcdaniel Let's i have no idea this is this is um i refuse to accept that as reality so I don't, I don't even know what that means. Like, I, um, I guess that uh, I, there's a compliment in there to the Miami Dolphins. Um, He's refusing uh, to accept uh, that someone would want to dress up as him. He deflects it to say it's a compliment to the Miami Dolphins because he cannot wrap his head around the fact that some kid out there would want to dress up as him for Halloween. I don't know, man. I was thinking that Mike McDaniel's was socially awkward last <laughs> no. year in his first year. But now it's starting to grow on me a little bit. Oh, I yeah. like it. Like I I, I, I'm I like here. I'm here for the Mike McDaniel of it too. all. Like he, the first question he asked was, "Was I faster than the kid?" <laughs> like I love. Like he's low key funny. He's, that, Mike McDaniel he's is funny. low. He's low key oh, funny. I don't think it's low key I at think all. He's he's low key, key no, no, no. It's a special kind of humor. It's not. It's 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 like a deadpan type of humor that has to grow on you. Like this is not something where he's obviously funny. He ain't Jim Carrey out here. <laughs> but but Mike McDaniel is funny as hell. Funny, it's grown on me. Mike McDaniel may be the most real NFL head coach we have ever seen. And what I mean by that is, I'm going to guess behind closed doors, he's the same dry, sarcastic humor kind of guy that he is in front of the cameras. I think so many of these NFL head coaches behind closed doors are so much different than they are in front. Like people, CC will tell you, people say that Belichick is hysterical. Yeah. And like has great personality. We don't see it. Mike McDay- Mike Tomlin is who he is in front of the cameras and behind the scenes. I will say that. Okay, so Mike Tomlin is who he is. That's a okay, good one. so if you're on the yeah. Mike Tomlin real list, yeah. that's a hell of a list to be on. That's a compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a great list to yeah. be on. I think Mike McDaniel's awesome. I think it's one of the great hires we've seen in the NFL in years. Really? It's, a good, it's a good hire. There's it, no it, arguing against it. He's fun. He's innovative. He does what you say, which is play to the players and not play to the system. He is phenomenal. His name, adding an S, not as good. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.